Turn with me to Colossians chapter 4, starting to verse 1. I do want to say in this letter to the Colossians, Paul was teaching them and us how we are to carry ourselves as Christians. As God's people, whether you are an employee or employer, whether you are a parent or child, a student or teacher, to be successful, we must be established in the faith, rooted and grounded and built up in the word of God. We can be blameless before him by being buried with him in baptism, risen with him in the newness of life. We rest in our status in Christ when we exercise our faith in kindness and mercy. We show others we have the character of God in us. As long as we continue in these things, we will not be unfruitful or barren. By faith, Peter reminds us to add to our knowledge temperance and to that patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and charity, which is love. Mm -hmm. For if these things be in you, you will neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we continue and practice these things, the peace of God will calm every agitated disorder in your soul and body. Now, let's look at verse 1. Masters, give unto your, your servants that which is just and equal knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Paul reminded the Ephesians, as well as the Colossians, as masters or employers, do the same to those you are in charge of, knowing that you have a master also in heaven who is not a respecter of persons. Remember the masters or employees he is talking about are the ones who are in Christ. You cannot expect a non-believing employer to abide or take heed to this. Verse 2 says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Whether at work or anywhere else, we should keep our heart in a praying frame of mind. Ephesians says, praying always with all prayer and supplications in the spirit and watch with all perseverance and supplications for saints. Verse 3 says, Although praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance, to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds. You cannot pray too much for someone. Everyone needs prayer. We are told to pray without ceasing. Paul is asking them to pray for the hearts of the ministers of Christ. And we should do the same for those that labor in the gospel today. If we don't want to be tossed to and fro, we need to pray for those that teach us so they too will not be tossed to and fro. Paul says to the Thessalonians, pray for us 
that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified. Verse four says that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Another reason for prayer for those that minister to us is so they will make the mysteries of God plain when presenting it to us. And it is without interruptions or distractions. Also, in all thy getting, you want understanding. If there is no understanding, you can't do or walk in it. This brings us to the next verse. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. When Paul said this to the Thessalonians, was that you may walk honest toward them that are without or do that, do the right thing in the presence of those that don't know the Lord. It is our duty, our responsibility as God's children to do and say what's right in the presence of family, friends, co-workers, even enemies. Paul said, do good to all, especially to those of the household of faith. Verse six says, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. The direction here is for all Christians, for the governing of their tongue, to have well order of their speech. What you say should not only be without bad words, but make sure your words are not in be vain. Make sure they are profitable and make sure you do not offend the weak who are not as seasoned as you are, that your speech is not rude. So it hurts rather than helps. Even when you are right, the presentation or the way you present it could be wrong. There's a lot to think about when you speak as an ambassador of Christ. God has entrusted us with his word. In his word, we have the power. Remember, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Our tongue can be a tool to heal or a tool to destroy. Now, be patient with me as I attempt to pronounce some of these names and words. Verse 7. All my state shall, Tychicus, declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. This brother was faithful to Paul in the ministry. It has been said Paul being in prison had few friends. You will also find when you begin to stand for the gospel and the truth, your friends will become less and less. It says, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that he may he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. This brother Tychicus knew the business of Paul, and Paul is sending him to them that he might comfort their hearts with the good news. And the next verse confirms this: with Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you. They shall make known unto you all things which are done here. Onesimus was 
was with them and Tychicus was sent to them. And they both were to encourage them, comfort them as they got their affairs in order. Remember, Paul at this time was in prison, which to means wherever you are, don't stop. You may be locked down in your flesh in some kind of a way, but don't let anything lock you down in your spiritual mind. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, salutes you, and Marcus and sister son of Barnabas, touch whom ye receive commandments. If he come unto you, receive him. And Jesus, which is called Justice, who are of the circumcision, these only are my fellow workers unto the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto me. See, Paul is giving honor where honor is due. Here are three companions of Paul. Aristarchus, Marcus, and Jesus known as Justice. This Mark, though he deserted Paul and Barnabas, did, did not work with them. He returned to his duty and Paul recommended him to the church. In fact, in Timothy, Paul says, take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable for the ministry. Jesus, who was called Justice, was called this possibly because of his just conversation. Jesus is the same with Joshua, signifying a savior. However, you don't find Christians since the Lord's resurrection giving their children the name of Jesus out of due reverence to, to him. But today you find the name given to those of the Spanish descendants, which pronounce it Jesus. Ephorus, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Ephrus was a citizen of the Colossians. By his office, he was a servant of Christ or a minister of the gospel. And he prayed for them fervently. For I bear him record that he had a great zeal for you and them that are in Laodicea and them in Hyperus. These were two cities near each other. Laodicea was the capital. History has it. These cities were destroyed by an earthquake. This shows us even now how things are coming to pass. We are seeing earthquakes in, in diverse places. We are seeing mudslides and floods and fires. Verse 14, it says, Luke, the, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Luke, who was a physician for the body, became a physician for the soul. Just as Matthew, who was a publican or tax collector, became a preacher. When it comes to Demas, when persecution came and grew hot, his affections grew cold. What this shows us is this. We know not how we will act when persecution comes upon us until it appears. That is why we should stay prayed up, stay in the word, continue in the fellowship, and stand fast in the things we are taught of God 
that we may stand and withstand. Salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and Nymphus and the church which is in his house. Nymphus who was in Laodicea gave his house to be a place of worship to, to the church just like Aquila and Priscilla did. And when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea, and say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord that thou fulfill it. It is believed that Archippus became slack in his duty. And Paul is admonishing them to speak to him, encourage him, exhort him, just as we should do for one another. Even to those that have become slack in their responsibilities or slack in coming. Show them that you care and that they are missed. Call them, talk to them, encourage them. Just as Paul could not reach everyone, many times the pastor cannot reach everyone either. There are things you will tell one another that you will not tell pastor. The salutation by the hand of me, Paul, remember my bonds, grace be with you. Amen. Paul is seeking or saying to them, pray for him in his bonds or afflictions. Receive the word that has been written. Prepare yourselves for suffering and persecution. Anything worth having comes with a price. To God, we were worth having, and the price was the sacrifice of his only begotten son. The question is, to us, is Jesus, is salvation, is eternal life worth having? What do you think will will it cost? Is it worth your friends? Is it worth money? It will cost you your life as you know it. Again, I say, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lost his soul? With that, my time is up. I thank you for yours. And I'd like to leave with you this prayer.